0: What is the purpose of spiritual crises? What brings us comfort after we undergo trials or temptations? We explore the cycles of our spiritual growth right now in the NCE Spotlight, your home for fresh insights from the ongoing translation of the New Century edition of Swedenborg's Theological Works. Knock, knock, is the doctor in?
1: Hey there. Long time no see. How are you guys?
0: Hey, thanks so much for having us. I'm doing well. How are you, Curtis?
2: Oh man, I'm excited for whatever we're going to learn today.
0: Yes. So here we are in the office of series editor of the New Century Edition Translation for the Theological Works of Emanuel Swedenborg, Dr. Jonathan Rose. Thank you. And I love to never know what we're going to come across when we walk by your (laughs) office and pop in week after week and so I wonder what's struck you in your work and uh, yeah, what insights were spawned from that.
2: Every week we swear afterwards we'll never come back but (laughs) by the time it rolls around again we've just got to know.
0: It's just this magnetic (laughs) force field that just constantly radiates from Jonathan's office. You have to really resist it or you just get...
1: confronting as it usually is. Yes. Well, I'm... Thinking About Secrets of Heaven, Volume 4, again, and passages that struck me in the course of editing, and these have to do with, you're probably familiar with, um, in the old translations, they're called temptations. Uh, They're called that in certain places in the Bible. Uh, The New Century Edition will translate them sometimes as a spiritual crisis Or trials and Mm -hmm. and those sorts of things, but they're intense spiritual experiences uh, where, uh, I mean, they're spiritually intense experiences where you (laughs) feel challenged or you feel threatened or, uh, you know, you just have that um, deep kind of anxiety or lost feeling or or what have you and what the function? Swedenborg has a lot to say about these. He went through a lot of them. We can see from his Journal of Dreams. And he also says that they played a very prominent role in Jesus's development. And you see a few of them in Scripture, uh, you know, when he was tempted in the wilderness and obviously the, the Passion of the Cross. But Swedenborg says, oh no, they were going on constantly uh, for him. Hmm. So, here are just a few little tidbits on that subject. The first two are tiny and they're both from Section 2819. Ooh, okay. Here's a very succinct statement. The purpose of spiritual crisis is to subdue bodily concerns.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, just interesting, isn't it? Subdue yeah.
0: bodily concerns. That like, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. That's cool.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes you can see that in your life where you come through a tough time, and then something that was sort of hanging on to your foot, you know, yeah. <laughs> as you're dragging through life. It, is just kind of gone or is not an issue in the same way anymore. Hmm. And also in that passage, see, Swedenborg likes to talk, as I may have mentioned before, about those who are spiritual and those who are celestial or heavenly, and the spiritual have conscience and the heavenly have something even better than that, which is perception, which sounds like this awareness And there are some passages where Swedenborg says that the uh, spiritual go through these temptations, but the heavenly, not so much. But here he says an interesting thing. Trials occur in people who have conscience, and they're even more intense in people who have perception. (laughs) Gosh. That was intriguing to me, but it makes sense because he does talk about these crises that affect your mind and then others that affect your heart. Right. And the mind ones are very, they sort of shake your world. Like I didn't, you know, my, my whole understanding was wrong, but the heart ones really get you. Uh, they feel deeper.
2: It's got to be that, that having perception, being in a more spiritually advanced state doesn't give you immunity to spiritual crises because Swedenborg says Jesus's crises were the most severe, the most grievous of all, as it says in some of the old translations. And uh, I think at one point he says uh, to the degree of the love that you have is the degree to which you suffer Mm. during them.
1: Good point. And nobody loved... The way Jesus did, so his suffering was unbelievably intense.
0: Yeah, and I'm just, I just love this subject of trials and spiritual crisis, because, like, what's more universally accessible to people than suffering (laughs) in this life that we live? And uh, it's really interesting to think there's almost like some hope to me in that number. In that line that you read about spiritual crises working to subdue bodily concerns because I love the idea that you know it doesn't necessarily mean I mean to me oh yeah the bodily issues might not go away it's just how concerned you are with them I think is kind of what Uh I get where it's like we're still living in a world of time and space we still have bodies that are going to be unwell we'll still have you know fear about the future or you know these like these opportunities for all of those things related to being embodied in this world and yet these spiritual crises happen and we our concerns become subdued like that that just idea that we can open up to like oh there's a different way of holding all of this that's happening and it doesn't have to feel so burdensome it can feel like liberated
2: Mm. Yeah, and even seeing the bodily stuff as something on the spectrum that Swedenborg describes where you go from heavenly stuff down and then into worldly, then bodily, then carnal. So it's pretty pretty low, not all the way down. Oh, right. <laughs> but I can certainly... this It's just undeniable, the truth of what he's saying here, because it's so obviously... I can get into a state where I'm in these bodily type concerns where they're connected to love of self and love of the world, so I want to be better than people, I want things to go my way, I'm looking for gratifications of various kinds. And all it takes is a little bit of, (laughs) of suffering, and I'm suddenly like, oh, never mind. I, I don't care yes. about that stuff. I, I, I don't no, have really. that ambition. No, let's let's just all get along. I know things can go wrong, right. and in a way that I'm actually really grateful for, because I can totally see I would never get past that stuff unless yes. something snapped me out of it. Yeah, right. even today I had something happen, which I was unpleasant for me, but I can just tell that I know how I work, and if it wasn't for that stuff coming along, I'd never be free from this stuff.
1: Yes. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Yep. And to to set up these other two passages on um, these spiritual crises, I want to actually read you something from Genesis 22, because this is a focal point of some of this teaching in Secret Great. 7, Volume 4. And uh, Abraham, as you may remember, is uh, told to sacrifice. He's waited forever to have a son. And then he finally has a son in Isaac, and then he's told to sacrifice his son, uh, when I think the son is just a teenager. And, and, um, uh, and then just at the crucial moment, an angel intervenes and calls out to Abraham from heaven and says to him, don't lay your hand on the lad. Uh, now I know that you, you know, you'd be faithful to me And then Abraham raised his eyes and he saw this ram uh, caught in the thicket and he offered that instead of his son and he called the name of the place the Lord will provide, Hmm. you know, because the Lord provided an alternative to this situation. And then it says in verse 15, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. And said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you've done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you and your descendants as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. So these two communications from the angel, the first one uh, saying, Good job, and then he sees the ram. And then the second one, this sort of overflowing mm-hmm. uh, you know, statement of, of, of how important this all is. So Swedenborg says all this has to do with Jesus and the trials that he went through, these spiritual crises we've been talking about. And so this is section twenty eight, twenty nine. I just picked out two passages that talk about what Jesus got in return or the kind of benefit that he got from his suffering. Hmm. Abraham raised his eyes and looked, you know, after the angel spoke the first time. Symbolizes thought and insight received by the Lord from his divine side. Hmm. I'll pause there for a second and just say it seems like the trial that he'd gone through, represented by this Agony about is he going to sacrifice his son? Uh, opened up something where something could flow in from the divine more directly. I've often wondered what it was like for Jesus and did there were there flashes of like what was it like when that divine side kicked in, kind of thing. Yeah, and then he continues. Thought and insight received from his divine side is thought about and insight into absolutely everything that will ever happen along with divine providence oh okay that's all he got for all that suffering <laughs> was thought and insight into absolutely everything that will ever happen oh okay
0: wow so that's that's <laughs> that one number that's the second one
1: that's that's the that's number 2 there yep
0: yeah oh my goodness i just find it now i know some of our listeners are regular listeners, and they listen week after week, but so I am reaching back to what struck me from last week in you reading that Bible story, because we had talked about angels, I mean, the way the earliest peoples would, how angels would communicate them through, to them through what they saw around them, and what gave them insight, And, Mm. and I just like, is that what is sort of encoded in in Abraham, you know, although it says the angel spoke and then he noticed a ram in the thicket, you know, or, you know, it's like, you've got the ram in the thicket and some insight coming into his mind, uh, because, you know, him looking up is like, oh, this idea that, you know, this insight <laughs> that I had. And then, and then with Jesus too, that description of like, Maybe that's also the way Jesus operated. I mean, it's his divine side, but so you were wondering about, like, how did that insight happen? Is, like, is that also just this, you know, immediate inner knowing that happens alongside witnessing things in the world? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, we all get little flashes of insight. Sometimes you're thinking about something and you can't solve it, and then... Pip- you know, it just pops into your mind like you yeah. realize, oh, yeah, okay. But imagine having like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything that will ever happen. Oh, yeah, I see how it all goes. <laughs> like, okay, right yeah. I just this is, yeah, <laughs> hmm, I see how that all works.
2: There's two things that really jump out in here in that passage and then what both of you are saying here. To me, one of them is how we are able to reclaim that Bible story. And the other one is the mm-hmm. divine math behind the problem of evil or the solution to it. So with the second one, I'll start. That because I think that that almost humorous last line that you read, Jonathan, where <laughs> what he gets out of it just happens to be insight into everything that will ever happen. And let's throw on the infinity of divine providence <laughs> in there. Right. For the oh, suffering nice. he had there.
0: Yeah. So oh. it's
2: it's hilarious because of course that suffering is worth it. Of course you came out with a good deal. Of course you would do it again. I think that that's what life is. Because people look at the world and mm. the life that we go through here and see the pain in it. And they say, the, how could God allow this? The only way it really makes sense is if in the end it's, it's hilarious. would well, not yeah. to be... Crass, but that we get the Lord is going to bring so much good and happiness into our lives from the the any necessary suffering that that had to be permitted that it doesn't doesn't even you know there's not even really a competition. I love yeah. that, and then I love that. Yeah, and then the Bible story thing. I just think if I was on a committee that is trying to, okay, can we can we read this story to children or not? And I would say, wait, wait, there's a couple issues with this story. First of all, God is telling somebody to kill their son. That's a really mean way to test somebody's loyalty. Second of all, What's the conversation with the son like after this story? Like, oh, hey, sorry, I was going to kill you, but <laughs> then I saw this ram instead. Is, how's that relationship going to be after this? And then what did the ram ha- do, have to do with anything? He, he's just an innocent bystander and now he's getting sacrificed. There's so many weird, disturbing things about it. But once you understand that it's a parable, a complicated, really precise parable about what we go through and our own desires and things rather than this like grotesque test of faith that it appears to be on the surface,
1: that's really nice. It's such a classic case, isn't it? Of, um, yeah, I love what happens to the Bible when it kind of dies and goes to heaven like that. Um, It all opens up in a a very different way and makes so much more sense because there's lots of problems with that story, as you say.
0: Well, problems, but really it's like the Bible is so skilled in turning up the tension, you know, like if you're asking your readers to pay attention, it's like, well, here's true. this, here's this story of like, we're going to have, you know, I mean, the Bible is just full of like the most intense situations in human relationships and, and it's full of it. And it's like, cause we're going to pay attention, you know, like we're sort of on high alert for those extreme situations. And so It's just so like perfect that it's you sort of know because it's so extreme that you're like, all right, what's really going on here? You know, like just thinking about, okay, what are these images really meaning?
1: Uh, It's long before movies, uh, you know that that idea that you almost, you know, something almost happens, and you have this near miss. Yeah, uh, (laughs) such a basic element of so many uh, storylines, and uh, it's kind of amazing to think about that. Here's the other passage, section 2841, of another thing that the Lord got. uh, That wasn't even the only thing that he got. The absolutely Uh, everything? There's more? (laughs) Another thing. Yeah, there's even more than that. Um, And you remember that the angel talks twice, and the angel speaks to him a second time. And Swedenborg says, the reason the text here says a second time is that the comfort was greater In other words, that was a comfort to be given, you know, that knowledge, that amazing uh, understanding of everything. Hmm. Verses 12, 13, 14, which speak of divine providence. In other words, it mentioned the Lord will provide. Um, Contain the Lord's first consolation that members Hmm. of the human race who are called spiritual would be adopted. His second and greater consolation is contained below in verses 17 and 18 and so on to the end, much of which I read a moment ago, namely that the spiritual would multiply like the stars of the heavens, like the sand on the seashore, and not only they, but everyone with goodness would be saved. These goals were central to the Lord's love which is why they gave him comfort no one receives comfort from anything but what she or he loves hmm so the other thing the lord got was his heart's desire
0: yeah oh that's really sweet to think of that of being comforted in that moment of like everything is going to work out you're going to get Exactly what you want because everybody with any goodness is going to be saved. You know that this is mm. this is the way. It's gonna work out. Like that's that's that the divine power that's there.
1: And you kind of catch a glimpse of it in the, you know, literal meaning of the story. That it it, it even in that literal meaning, it gets kind of awesome where it's talking yeah. about. You know, Blessings. all the—inherit the, uh, the earth and all, you know, all this yes. great stuff, this blessing that's going to happen. But then when you see it unfold, the inner meaning, it's overwhelming.
0: That's just so beautiful.
1: And it makes so much sense, that little point he makes at the end, but it's like, yeah, what else ever comforts you? You know, of course it's something you love, <laughs> Right. You're not going to take comfort in something you don't love. What comforts you is that, you know, something you love is fulfilled.
2: I feel like you can sometimes get the fear that when you start reading, uh, reading religious things that God is going to take away the stuff that you really love and give you some stuff you kind of love back. <laughs> you know, like, sure, all, all, all right. this the stuff that makes up your life now and that you like is gone, but you'll have like righteousness and justice and... <laughs> Okay, I guess I like oh, that. Yeah, but I guess so. But this is assuring you that the, the, what else? Of course, you can only be comforted by what you love. So we're, don't worry. We're going to give you... No, it's not going to be something you say you like. It's going to be something you really like. Mm.
0: And isn't it like Jesus was studying the scriptures and the Hebrew scriptures, but it's like as he's reading the scriptures he's understanding like he's getting spiritually fed by them because he's understanding them on that innermost divine scale and uh so it's just very cool to think about reading the same book in a different language and but him him just getting that straight like we've helpfully mm. have swedenborg writing about what it says like but just hearing those words, it was enough to to convey that message to Jesus. And like so, when he read those words, he had that moment of comfort that was like, "It's gonna be okay."
1: In Luke twenty four, on the road to Emmaus, um, an unrecognized Jesus is walking with them, resurrected, and and uh, oh, right. opens up to them all the scriptures that are about. Jesus in the Old Testament, you know, Right. and then he meets with all the other disciples and tells them too. And it's like, yeah, can you imagine what his understanding of scripture was like? He really, oh, okay. He really got something far beyond what we get. Um, oh, I love that. That's a cool, that's a very cool thought.
0: I feel like that's, that's what makes me very thankful for what Swedenborg put down in words in writing Secrets of Heaven because like I can read that part of Luke and I'm like, okay, yeah, nice. You know, whatever that was. <laughs> whatever he said there. <laughs> um, but then hearing it rendered... I
1: couldn't quite hear it myself, but... <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <laughs> but this, as we've just gotten to, you know, be awed by the last five minutes is like, oh wow like that's that's just something to that blows me away
1: so I have to say it's a rich experience to edit these works. I think Lisa's translated them so beautifully lisa hyatt cooper and and um and it's uh it's an interesting way to make a living. let's put it that way
0: <laughs> well, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I feel like we all benefit from it it's so. So wonderful and such a joy to get to come back time and again and hear, uh, share this time with both of you and get to throw these ideas around and hear how they spark thoughts in each of us. And so, thanks so much, both of you. I hope your heart was uplifted and your mind inspired by this week's NCE Spotlight. Subscribe to the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast to tap into this stream of fresh insights and join us on our excursions into the historical context of Swedenborg's life and works. All passages quoted in this episode are sneak peeks from upcoming volumes of the New Century Edition translation of Secrets of Heaven. If you've benefited from the work of the Swedenborg Foundation, through Off the Left Eye and the New Century Edition, consider supporting us with a donation. We are a nonprofit and depend on the support of our donors. To give, go to Swedenborg.com donate.